Hi everyone, you're listening to Oh Yeah, That's Great, the remix version. This version of our podcast features no music. It's just Bill and I talking about the music and talking about the bands that we love. But if you want to listen to the podcast with the tracks interlaid into the episode, you have to go to Spotify and listen there. And if you have Spotify Premium, you can listen to the entire track. If you have Spotify Regular, you can get a 30-second sample of every song. So if you don't care about listening to the music... Keep on listening to this episode. If you want to hear the tracks that we selected, hop over to Spotify and uh, search Oh Yeah, That's Great. And please enjoy the podcast. This is Oh Yeah, That's Great. And today we're talking about some of the best albums released in the year of our Lord, 2000 until 2005, which is actually six years. Mm -hmm. But we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, the science of that. Yeah, so when 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 we were originally going to do 2000 to 2010, and then you were like, Cody, I can't do it. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm with you, brother. So then I go, let's just do 2000, 2005. And then when I, I pulled up some research here, that's when it caught on. Like, that's six years, not five. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember one of my favorite comic series of all time is the first 12 issues of the Authority comic book series. And there's the – Jenny Sparks is the spirit of the 20th century. She okay. was born on January 1st, 1900. Okay. Okay. So she's dying on December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, and someone bring and they're like, "Well, she's the spirit of the twentieth century. She can't survive outside of that." And then someone brought up the fact that the year two thousand is still the twentieth century. Yeah. And then the way the writer played with that was, he's like, "Yeah, but much like uh, much like religion, if enough people believe something, it, it becomes true." <laughs> and so that's why. So that's then she funny. passed. And so I, that's how I think about the year two thousand. Is yeah, we all believe it's part of the new millennium. Uh, so I actually messaged you and i said can i can we get rid of that and you said no i pulled something from that so yeah. we're sticking with it yeah because i actually i i think the year 2000 was a very pivotal year i mean i, I was looking forward to it my whole life right i thought that magical stuff was going to happen in 2000 yeah. and and everybody was everybody was willing to believe some like outrageous stuff around that time because it was 2000 yeah prince had a song about it happening yeah you know we were definitely thinking something different is going to be going on in 2000 and i think like a lot of weird shit happened <laughs> maybe it was Y2K? That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Well, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know what to say, so I just looked at you. Yeah, you looked at me. That was, that was a real heavy, episode. that was a real heavy pause. Yeah. So my friend Jason moved out to California. He came and visited with us and we went camping on an amazing camping trip with Big Moon and all this stuff. But he was only here because he was doing some computer work for the Y2K right, bug. Right, right, yeah. That shit was big. Yeah. I mean, people spent millions and millions of dollars for something that didn't exist. Right. And everybody thought it did because Year 2000, man. We didn't know. 2K. We had no idea what was in store. We didn't. Just no like idea. you, listener, I have no idea what's in store. This is, oh yeah, that's great. He's Bill. I'm Ryan. It's a podcast about the music we love. If you want to listen to the podcast as performed, mm-hmm. where Just we like listen this? to music, mm-hmm. uh, you need to listen to it on Spotify. That way you can listen to the music. Spotify premiers can listen. Spotify premium listeners can listen to the entirety of the song. I like how you like, really got you know dignified when you said that. Well, I wanted to... And I see it. Yes, I could tell. Thank you. But you know, you can listen to it on other platforms just without the music, yeah. and then you can uh, go to our Instagram and link right over to the playlists. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not quite sure where we're going to post the playlist links yet, but they're there. they're in comments. Yeah, so, they're there. Yeah, we'll have it. We'll figure it out. 
or otherwise, you can, you know what? Grab a piece of p- pencil and paper. Yeah. You if can. you're not going to listen to this on Spotify, yeah. have a notebook handy. Yeah, while you're driving. While you're driving. Yeah. Jot them down. <laughs> Use your knees. We can all drive with our knees. Sure. I yeah. learned how to drive with my knees. So you can listen to wherever you want. And to find out everywhere you can listen to the podcast, you can go to super75studios.com slash podcasts. Uh, you can also email us at oytgpod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at oytgpod. Yeah. yeah, so this is going to be an interesting one, but I, I, we have a bunch of notes going on here too. So I'm going to just kind of read what I got. Yeah, let's and hear it. You, if I'm talking too much, please. You always talk me. too much, and it's okay. I, I like listening to you talk. Okay, so even for, if it's too much. So for me, <laughs> I I essentially was changing diapers from 1998 until like 2005. I know that's crazy. So you were. I was not like like investigating new music. You're was, busy. You're a busy guy. Investigating new music was not like yeah. there were there was a time where I had like th- essentially. Th- two toddlers and a newborn like i didn't have time for anything yeah. so i chose five tracks i think those are the only five albums i bought wow. new yeah you know i was still listening to older stuff yeah but as far as like Jeez. finding new stuff it, for me for me this is like a desert of music and yeah. now I, I think i think this combined to where i am now to where like like people suggested stuff, and I was like, "Oh, I've been hearing about that band for twenty years. I'm never going to listen to that band because it's too much now <laughs> to go back and investigate everything oh, I missed." Right? There was so much at this era. Because, yeah. So yeah, you you were taking care of toddlers. I was still acting like a toddler on the weekends. Right. Like I was going to shows every weekend. Uh, you know, from in '98 to 2000 for sure. Right. And then when I I started working, you know, and not being a student anymore in 2000. But like I was still very much free of children. I didn't have to take care of anybody else. Right. I I had roommates, so my rent was super cheap. So I was buying tons of records. Now we had uh, computers. You could like go to blogs and like find out about weird bands from Ohio right. or you know what, Napster was probably around at this point. Maybe yeah, Napster, maybe this was after. No, Napster was Napster was just really coming. But digital in. music was coming out at this oh, point yeah, too. You so could, you could you could go on to Napster in the year two thousand and you could say like, oh, I want to hear people covering Nick Drake. And that's how I I, I was like, because I was a Nick Drake fanatic at that point. And I remember being like, there was like four or five Elton John covers of Nick Drake. Like I, back in the 70s. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like it was so cool. But you, mean, was, you mean Elton John covered, Nick? sorry, Nick Drake covered Elton John No, Elton songs. John covered Nick Drake. But you said in the 70s. Isn't, in the 70s. Wasn't yeah. Nick Drake like a, two, a, 19, a 1990s artist? No, no. Nick, Nick Drake died in the early 70s. What? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know yeah 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 well, i thought he was like a contempt i thought he was like a contemporary of like elliot that's Smith. how that's how good he is because his stuff sounds it holds up oh completely my like that but no no he was dead he he, he died and um and they were trying to I back feel like such an idiot right now no it's just nick, nick drake is kind of like a cult figure you know i think right. he's got but so i for whatever reason i was really into him and um, yeah, they they would do these things where um, you would uh, you would have somebody like Elton John started off playing covers for whatever record label it was because they were like, no one's going to hear Nick Drake, but they but they owned the rights to the song, so they would have someone who could sing it in a more pop style. And Elton John hadn't made a name for himself yet, so he did that a lot. So to hear Elton John sing Nick Drake was super cool, and I've only heard it on Napster. So that was amazing to be alive at that yeah. period where at one point you had to spend because CDs were a ripoff back then. You know, a lot of CDs they were like twenty bucks, twenty two bucks. It's like vinyl now. 
Yeah. yeah. But I mean, now at least you know you know if you like it, if you're right. going to buy it. But back then, you're like, oh, I think I'm going to like this, you know? Right. And there's the one track. And you put, I paid 22 bucks for that? Yeah. And so it was like a lot of people were like, fero- you know, ferociously ready to just like hear stuff without having to fork over right. half their paycheck. Yeah. I remember, I remember now because I was in art school in 2000, 2001, and I would use the art school computers to go onto LimeWire and download mm. stuff. So yeah, peer to peer, baby. Um, it was wild. Yeah. So most of what I, I listen and I what, most of what I listened to at this time was like stuff in children and cartoons. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't get out of my and head. Then like whatever you'd already owned, right? Probably. And I couldn't get out of my head. But like probably the one song I listened to more than any other song in this six year span. Yeah. Was the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything by Veggie Tales. That is a great song. Yeah. And I found out. That it was actually performed by Reliant K, who was like a real musician. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know uh, anything except that is real, like a respected yeah, person. Yes, I know. Right? I know that that's a real person. Yeah, but, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who it is. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, my kids were big. Like we were not religious, but for some reason, someone gave us some Veggie Tales, and my kids loved it. So yeah, like, yeah, kids were like crazy. The for cheeseburger it. song, all these, all these Veggie Tales stuff. Like the that Pirates was, Who Don't Do Anything. That was the first song I heard by them, and I was like, okay, this is special. You know, like this is really awesome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's when you, it's when you realized like now a lot of Kids' movies are made for both audiences, yeah, and yeah. like the Lego movies are good. This is when you start, like, oh, they're they know what they're doing. They they want something catchy so that the parents aren't driven nuts when this is played absolutely five times a day. Yeah, it's not Barney, right? Uh, so uh, I posted this to um to our socials, uh, well, mostly my socials, and uh, asking people for their their opinions of mm-hmm. what they really dug from th- from this six year span. And uh, our friend Janet said, uh, "Broken social scene." Uh, now I'm had you forgot it people you forgot it and people mm-hmm. and then uh, anything by songs Ohio who yeah. I don't know and you mentioned uh, I, I didn't I don't I've never heard either one of these and I've never heard of songs Ohio oh yeah so I'm I really love those guys and, and I didn't really know them between 2000 2005 when I had moved to Shanghai we had a teacher come in uh, from Phoenix we actually hired a teacher from Phoenix so she came to our school. And she made me a bunch of mixes because she actually she lived right on Roosevelt Row, right by Modified, and she was really entrenched in the art scene and really into the local music scene. So I was like, oh man, I would love to hear local music, you know. So she made me a bunch of CDs, and one of them was just filled with um, Jason Molina. He has a few different bands. Uh, he just would randomly change the name, and. I was like, this guy's from Arizona? And she's like, well, no, he might as well be. So I still don't know what that means because he's not from here. <laughs> right. But, but no, he's from Ohio. Maybe, maybe he played here a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's from Ohio. But uh, yeah, so that album that she mentioned is, um, oh my gosh. I actually, I did, I didn't, it didn't make the set, but I have it on my playlist. Uh, uh, I love uh, the Magnolia Electric Company. Oh. Yeah, when I read the Wikipedia of this guy, I was like, oh, this guy's right up my alley. It's oh, like he's alt amazing. country with some pop sensibilities, so with some right up my alley. His lyrics are unbelievable. He is unbelievable. And you can go on YouTube and you can watch full concerts. There, there's a lot of really well recorded shows. Right. Really tragic. He died like in 2011 or something like that. Yeah, 2013, I think. Something like that. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it because I never had the opportunity to see him. And I was right. so excited. And it was like, he's not an old person, but he died of just like, he was a drinker. Yeah, he died of organ failure due to alcoholism. Yeah. You know how do you know how much you have to drink? This a isn't lot. this podcast, but 
this isn't what we should be talking about, but to, to die in your 30s of organ failure from alcoholism, he, that is insane. It is insane. And he looks like, he he did not look like he was in his 30s. He aged a lot. Like, that right. dude put himself through the ringer. Well, one of my bands that I'm choosing today, we'll, we'll talk about the lead singer, but he looks like he's 70 when he's probably like 50. Okay, um, cool. Dr. Avery mentioned uh, Rilo Kylie, The Execution of All Things. Okay. Rilo Kylie is a band I've heard about for the last 20 years and yeah. never once knowingly listened to a song. Yeah, they're... They were great. They were on the... Um, I only knew about them because they were associated with Bright Eyes, who I was super into at this time. Right. Uh, they were on the Saddle Creek label, I think. And um, that I, I knew her more. Like, I liked uh, I liked that album, um, the album that, that Dr. Avery mentioned. The Execution of All Things? Yeah, I like that album. There's actually a song on there that's super sweet. Uh, I can't think of it. But I knew her more from um, Jenny Lewis. She was Jenny Lewis. That's kind of how I, I I got her albums. For some reason, I never really got too into Rilo um, Rilo Kelly, but uh, with with arms outstretched is the song I was trying to think of, and you would really like that song. It's, yeah. it's a classic, like perfect, like indie rock meets country, kind of grand. Yeah, and you're like, wow, this is way way sophisticated to be on like a little indie label right. of Omaha. I've listened to a little uh, Ginny Lewis because a friend of mine in California has done is is friends with her and has done artwork for some of her albums and stuff. Um, so because of his recommendations, yeah, uh, I've listened to a few songs, but never really d- dive too deep. Um, our friend Steve P said uh, at dawn by my morning jacket. My morning jacket is another band that I almost just assumed they were like, like, Modest Mouse, like new wave kind of emo stuff oh. that I wasn't into. Okay. So I never checked out my morning jacket. Nothing like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I had I have I had some of them on my short list too. Okay. I don't think they made it. 2003 was a year that I took, because I did one song per year. 2003, there were too many albums. So right. I, I my morning jacket is... Well, maybe we'll do, uh, maybe before this year, year closes year. out, we'll do a 30 songs that are 30 or 20 years old. That'd be 2003. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Uh, our friend Mike said, uh, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots by Hell Flaming Lips. You. Again, Flaming Lips, other than... Uh, she don't use jelly? She don't use jelly. It's the only thing I know by Flaming Lips. Oh, my gosh. And I know that with with, with the Jurors crew, we with love, you guys, we, we love, love the them. Flaming Lips. We love the Flaming Lips. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is definitely, hands down, one of the most important bands at the Vista Del Cerro House. <laughs> right. We yeah. love the See, lips. this is the thing. I was... You were gone. I had a bunch of snot-nosed brats running around while you guys were living it up at the the 720 house. Dude, I remember. That's a house I helped formulate. You did. My DNA is in that house. Mike and I went to go see. I think Steve was there, too. Me, Mike, and Steve went to go see the Flaming Lips on the Soft Bulletin Tour. I think it was a soft bulletin tour. It might have been Yoshimi. But they they played, I think it was a soft bulletin. They played at Nita's outside. And I remember right when that show started, we were like, this is... Awesome. Oh, no, it was for Yoshimi because it was probably 1999. No, so it would have been the South Bolton. It was insane, Cody. It was like one of the greatest live performances of my life. He hit this giant gong like right at the beginning, and everybody in the whole crowd was like, oh, this is it. This is real. It was like a show like I'd never seen. Like it was a show. Yeah, at, with, a, like, at a, a club, though. It was outside. So even it was in the back parking lot of, of Nita's, which was a little bit different. But I've never been to New Nita's. Well, no, this was the original Nita's. Oh, but it just was, outside. But too many people bought tickets, so they put it in. The, they put it in the back. Right. Oh, it was so great. It was like I, I you know, because when you see when you're into indie rock, it's no frills. There's an amp, a couple amps, and and the lip right. showed up with 
they were like, we're going to give you a real rock and roll show tonight. It was like seeing Kiss in 77 or something. Right. It was like, oh, my God. And nobody was ready for it. Oh, yeah. So they're on my list. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, yeah, I thought they might. Um, a friend of mine, Brian, uh, mentioned Tenacious D, another band I never got into. I, th- I feel like they're like... Like that they might—they're almost like a comedy band, like like Smothers Brothers. It takes I find it hard to believe that I would genuinely be into this band. Yeah, I never I never checked them out, but uh, I, I I probably would like it. I just haven't looked. So Russell McDowell, he uh, he recommended uh, White Stripes, which is on, made my cut. Oh, cool. uh, Queens of the Stone Age, which we talked about in the last Hell episode yeah. a little so bit. Good, man. Um, Weezer had two albums. Uh, I'll talk about that when it comes to my short list. Okay. And uh, New Order released a couple albums in that span too. All right. Um, all good bands by Russell and in my wheelhouse specifically. So Don on Blue Sky, uh, these are death metal bands, I think. Oh. Orbit Culture, Spirit Box, and Silosis. Whoa. I do not know them. Nope. I'll check it out. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, my pal Kevin, who's a storyboard artist and a comic uh, creator. Mars Volta, a uh, band Ooh. called Blindside, Incubus, My Chemical Romance, Deftones, and Tool are all some of his favorite okay. bands that came out at that point. Again, I don't listen to, to metal or even like prog metal or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I really got into um, a couple of those bands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, oh, yeah, that's it for people who chimed in, but I did make this little list right before we get into it. Okay. Billboard alternative hits by year, most weeks at number one for the years that we're covering. Oh, nice. So this is the popular alternative stuff. Okay. 2000, Other Side by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nice. I really like, I tell you, those guys, man, they touch a nerve. They they touch a nerve (laughs) in me as well. Uh, 2001, It's Been a While by Stained. Been a while. Uh, There was... do you ever watch New Girl? I don't want to hear that song one new, more time. I can't even believe you sang that. Oh, it's not New Girl. It's uh, There's some podcasts I listen to that whenever someone says it's been a while, the, all the pod- podcasts those go, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, 2002, By the Way, by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Holy smokes. Uh, 2003, Numb by Linkin Park. You what? can see, I don't consider this alternative music. This is popular rock. That is pop rock. But, you know, you know Linkin Park, that dude, when I was the... Um, the the buyer for, for like a little bit of time I had to like deal with like the local bands you know and sell their stuff he was in a band called like Grey Days yeah they're called Grey Days I don't know if I dealt with him but uh, I dealt with people in his band like they were selling they were selling stuff they were kind of like a good little like new wavy type band in right. Phoenix so it's kind of neat I'm always cool that that guy was like in our scene and made it big yeah I don't I don't hate on Lincoln Park I just don't I don't have to anything them. to do with I don't listen to them either 2004 uh, Boulevard by Broken Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day very popular song. That was huge. That song was in the top number one. It came out in November, mm-hmm. and it was number one until like April. So in 2005, the number one song was only like seven weeks at number one because Green Day occupied the first four months of the year. Yeah. Uh, and 2005 was Best of You by Foo Fighters. Okay. Not a bad song. No. All right. So that's that's all that's all other people's thoughts. Yeah. Mine are very different than this. This is where I think this one's going to be interesting because anyone who listens to the podcast on the reg and follows the kind of music I like mm-hmm. is not going to be surprised by what I play. Yeah. I am prepared to be floored by what you chose because, again, we were in two different places. We were in two different worlds, for yeah. sure. And that's why I always say people, because I had kids so young, yeah. I, I think people give me a little side eye, people our own age. That I go out so much now, yeah. and I'm like, well, I didn't have my, you I didn't, it. You I didn't have my twenties. Yeah, you missed out. I, I'll never forget when you had to move out. I was like, I was pretty mad. 
I actually yeah. didn't handle it well. Like, you know how it okay. took you. It took the 720 house a while to recover. You guys had some bad roommates in there after yeah. me. We had bad roommates. It took you a while to solidify. I was calling. I was calling Jin Yoko. Yeah, I was so upset. Like you, you were like really important to me. You were like a very, very dear friend, and uh, all of a sudden you're acting weird. You have secrets and shit. I was like, what the hell. I was so sad. Yeah. I, I remember one time just sitting with Steve on the couch, like, what the hell's going on? I had no idea you were dealing with such a heavy burden, you right. know? And then and then you uh you just that's just the way it is. You you had real life to deal with. And right. Steve and I didn't have to deal well actually Steve did <laughs> pretty soon, but <laughs> yeah. but like yeah. but uh, yeah. I didn't. And right. I, I was like way off from having to and I and I just like Yeah. Uh, I guess thank you because you really like really like solidified how grateful I was to not yeah. have to be a grown up yet. You made better decisions at that time, Bill. <laughs> All right, so you again, you have six and I have five. So why don't you start off? All right, so I when I think about Ooh, we'll go in order. So two thousand. Well, I, I actually did. I did one from each year. Right. I'll, I'll arrange mine so they line okay, up. Okay. So so for two from two thousand, Bill. Okay. So from the year two thousand, that was a the big year. Two thousand. <laughs> I was I was about to start uh you know I was you know mid year I was going to be a, uh, get my first teaching job and uh I had a you know a girlfriend and stuff and um there was an election that year lost my appendix that year uh all kinds of weird stuff some, some say we lost democracy in that year too well, it was when the the supreme court decided to like basically give one just put their thumb on the scale right. and we're still paying the consequences for right. that choice right Agreed. it's kind of crazy in, yeah. in a lot of different areas yep historians will have a field day with that i don't know enough about it to talk about it but i do know that it was a fucked up time and everybody was sort of like uh what's going on but we were still like riding high from the 90s because the 90s were pretty awesome like corporations were making tons of money regular people were making money like somehow they had to pay people uh, and and things were not too expensive like it was just a fun time to be a person running around right right so all of a sudden everyone's like uh-oh <laughs> something's weird it's year 2000 y2k was a big sham uh this election thing is weird so anyways uh the band that I think really sort of encapsulates this, it actually came out before the election, but they kind of, to me, sums up the year 2000 is um, Granddaddy. They had the software slump. So I was listening to, uh, obviously, uh, some sort of re- research for one of our episodes. I think I was listening to like alternative stuff of the 90s or whatever, mm-hmm. or maybe uh, of the last 30 years or whatever. And I there's a, I never heard of Granddaddy. Oh, really? And, that, and they have uh-huh. a song, I think, called A.M., yeah, or maybe uh-huh. an album called AM. Uh-huh, yeah, and so I just immediately add that to the playlist and download it because I love that song. Yeah, that's it, a, it reminds me of the Rentals. Maybe yeah, that's what it reminds. They remind me of Weezer and the Rentals. Oh, okay, so that's what's interesting is that album does sound like that. Uh, then the Software Slump is a little bit more software. Um, sophomore. It's, it's called the Software Slump. It's oh. a play on the Sophomore Slump because right. it's their second album. Got it. And it's a uh, it. It's got all that going on. It's still got this the kind of like distorted, crunchy guitar, but he's added keyboards to a greater yeah. effect. He's really playing with space and and like sort of the whole album. There's like a song about a robot that that these this like group of people like put together, and pretty soon they're neglecting it, and then it gets into their booze cabinet, drinks too much alcohol, and <laughs> dies. So it, there is a lot of that kind of kind of music. It's a beautiful album. It's kind of sad, uh, but the song I chose is the one that I think would be a hit single. If there was such a thing on this kind of album, right? And it's uh, Crystal Lake. Um, it came out uh, in 2000, and it's uh, to me, it was just like it, it just feels like that's how I felt in the year 2000. I, I don't know if that's how I really felt, but when I think back on it, this album cap encapsulates that year. 
All right, so Crystal Lake by Granddaddy. My other 2001's a banger also, but not quite in the same vein. Okay. Um, so what's, what's your 2001? Well, um, yeah, though? let me do my 2001. Yeah, yeah. This is actually a cheat because I, I had to go with the 2003 song because of uh, just the technology that we're using. But, um, okay, so you know my friend Chris Reggiani. Yes. Right? So he, you know, 99, 2000, uh, he's about to go record um, an album with his buddy Chris Powell, who was a friend of mine too, uh, in Philadelphia. They had been in Bent Like Fatima. Chris wasn't in that band, but Bent Like Fatima was a, was like a kind of a big deal in Philadelphia. And they were starting a new band together with Chris on bass. And I was excited for him. I think they had a budget and they had some some real uh, opportunity to do something. So they went to go do that. And I remember being like, huh, I wonder if it's going to be good or if it's going to be like every other thing that a friend of mine's done where I have to pretend like it's good. Like probably people are doing that's with their what, podcast. That's, what you, that's, that's exactly what they're doing with their podcast. <laughs> it's also what you do with me and my comics. You're like, this is great, Cody. I love your comics. Like, Thanks, man. No, but I... Well, you're so, my favorite teacher, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell me I taught you stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, the thing is, the, the album came out, and I was just blown away. It's called Need New Body, Need New Body. And it's one of the most exciting albums for me. I still love it. It, it's, it surprised me. Chris sounds great. Chris Reggiani and Chris Powell together are, I think, one of the best rhythm sections in modern rock. I, and it could just be that I'm friends with them, but I really think that they hold up. But uh, Need New Body is not available on Apple, and the version on Spotify has skips. I don't know what the deal is, but when you try to play the songs that I want to play, they skip. So I'm not going to do that one. So I chose one from their follow-up UFO uh, called Show Me Your Heart, which I think is a song that I think... So this isn't in order. It... it I, I, had to, spirit, I had to in, break the law, but I in, had to break. It's still 2001. In spirit. In spirit, because, because I couldn't play the 2001 album because it's not available. Right. So it should be, and listeners, go get it. It's a yellow record with like apples yeah. on it, and you should, you should definitely get it. If you like uh, Captain Beefheart or Frank Zappa, if that's something that's interesting to you, or can, you're like, oh, I like that kind of thing. Need New Body will. It'll, it will blow your mind because you'll be surprised you, you probably haven't heard it. And you'll be like, wow. Yeah, I never got – I mean, I'm sure I've heard it because you guys would play it when I was hanging out with you. Yeah, you the, heard The you rare heard. times I did Yeah. Um, at that point. But I have seen uh, Chris's follow-up – or I think Chris Powell's in Man Man, right? He's in Man Man, yeah. So I have seen Man Man live like two or three times. Yeah, so Man Man is um, – They're a little more experimental and a little more – When they started, they were a Need New Body copycat. I'm just going to say it. I, I know that probably there's some Man Man fans – out there that think Man Man is like some original thing, but really to me, Man Man, because um, they had an album called Six Demon Bag, which I actually really loved. Uh, but Chris Powell plays drums on it. He plays drums in Need New Body, and he they chose him because I think when Need New Body was happening, I think a lot of people were like, "Holy smokes, this is neat!" And this that guy, um, whatever his name is in Man Man, he, he's he's good, but I think that he had a very sort of like serious desire to be big. You know, which is, I guess, like, you should if you're going to try <laughs> right. to make it in, in the industry. Right. And Man Man probably lacked that a little bit. But um, anyways, uh, I would say if you like Man Man, then you definitely will like Need New Body. They're, like, very similar. But I think I think Need New Body is better. Okay, so Need New Body, what's the name of the track? It's uh, Show Me Your Heart off UFO. <laughs> All right, and, and, and Chris Reggiani plays bass on it. 
Chris Ray Janney's playing bass. His brother uh, didn't play on the first album, but Jim Ray Janney's playing percussion on this. So uh, okay. So my buddies Chris Powell and Chris Ray. So you grew up with these guys in the most beautiful town in the, the most world. Most beautiful town in the world, and they produced this really very fun song. And here's what I will say: on first listen, you might not really feel it. But if you listen to it a few times, you're gonna find yourself just loving it. Yeah, I love I love this song. I love these guys, and uh, you know I wish they I wish that time and I think in time someone's gonna rediscover them and they're gonna be very influential. Yeah, they could be the the big star of the aughts. You know, you know maybe maybe they need a modern band to cover some need new body tracks and then they'll go on tour again. Yeah, see they're uncoverable. They can't cover any of these songs. So this song would be very weird if someone covered it. I, it would be neat to see hear a folk person cover this though. I would love it if someone did. All but right. I, I doubt it's possible. Get on it, people. Yeah, I can see how they they remind me of like a, I imagine because I've never been a band you would catch on like a Thursday night at CBGBs in like 1978. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're kind of inventive. You know, they had a residency at the Knitting Factory in New York City for oh, a really? while. Yeah, nice. they were there for like I think like every some night of the week. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like I had a lot of pride as just like a friend. You know, like that's kind of a weird thing, right. but you're just so happy that someone you know because someone I, I gets remember, to do what they want, like they yeah, wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, like I, you know. Chris was serious about being a musician and, uh, you know, that we'd spent so much time like listening to music in his room in high school and, and to see him on stage and, and seeing like people like get off on what you're doing. You're like, right. oh, that's, he's doing it, man. And I felt really happy for him. And, and I think touring, the touring life is really hard. You know, he, he ended up leaving the band after that album and someone else came in and took his place. But, um, yeah, he's, he still, you know, plays music and, but just for fun. He doesn't. Right. It's a young man's game. Being on the road, yeah, I can imagine. I think about that when, uh, like, like a band like Weezer releases an album every year, pretty much. Like, and mm-hmm. they tour nonstop. Yeah, and but like, they're in buses and planes. Yeah, they're not. They're or like, not in like a the band. Descendants tour almost every year. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah I don't, that's got to be uncomfortable. Their bones ache. Can you yeah. imagine having to cram into a, uh, like a bus, uh, like a like a what, like a bunk on a bus at our uh, age? No, or our age plus. 10 or 15 <laughs> sounds like a nightmare uh, so my next track from 2001 is um hotel yorba by the white stripes it was on white blood cells oh yeah uh, this song made my wedding playlist so it played it at my wedding um in 2003 white blood cells was chosen as number 20 on enemy's top 100 albums of all time mm. av club ranked it as the number one best album of the decade i'm not a huge white stripes fan mm-hmm. I, I like this album yeah and maybe a little bit off of elephant uh-huh. but he Jack White strikes me as a guy who's too far up his own ass sometimes so like I, I, I get that feeling too so like I like like one or two singles by the raconteurs but then it's like dude has like a thousand other side projects which is cool because yeah, like Dead Weather is kind of cool right but like which I actually think is kind of cool because that's what he wants to do and yeah. he has the means to do it yeah. and Third Man Records he has the means to do I love Third Man Records he has the means to do a lot like of good stuff. really cool stuff yeah uh, recording albums straight to vinyl, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I, I really think all that's cool, but I think that he knows that it's cool. And that's a turnoff for well, me. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes I do think you almost, you know. He doesn't play hard to get, that's for sure. Well, maybe that's what drives him to keep doing cool stuff, you know, maybe. and thinking of cool things to do so he can maintain right. that sort of ego. Like, you know, yeah, that, it, it's working for him. Like I said, that just, that's kind of turns me off of too much white stripes, but yeah. I love like, uh, 
uh, We Are Gonna Be Friends, Hotel Yorba. Uh, mm-hmm. I like a, a lot of songs off this album. Yeah, Mike D played this album for me. We went to a show one time, and uh, we were just sitting in his car waiting to go in, I guess. And this album had just come out, and he was like, I love this band. This is great. And he played it, and I was like, whoa. I, I just really hadn't heard that stripped down. I guess, you know, there was a flat duo, Jets, kind of had a similar thing, but... It was shocking. Like at the time, nobody else was doing. Music yeah, it's like it's this. like it's like lo-fi post-punk kind of. Yeah, there's yeah yeah, and you're like whoa okay. Yeah. So from 2001, this is Hotel Yorba by the White Stripes. All right. So when you do when you do the math after 2001 is 2002. Yep. Uh, you have a you have a you have a choice from this year. I do. I do. I chose. Uh, Shout out to Mike Mortimer. Do you realize by Yoshimi Paddle or by the Flaming Lips off the Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots album? And uh, it's just one of those. Uh, I chose the song mainly because every song is great, but this is the one that like they might be remembered by. You know, besides Jelly, uh, I think this is the one. It's just like beautiful. It's perfect. Um, really captures the year. You know, like 2002 was kind of like a. It was a dark time, kind of. So I think that. For whatever reason, a lot of people dug and got behind this song. I was yeah. one of them. I love it. Yeah, again, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, they I just never got into them, but I think I would. I think I would dig them. Yeah, I mean, they're endlessly creative. They're maybe I just assume they're too psychedelic for my tastes. I mean, some, their stuff is like some of the, their last few albums are, are really psychedelic, but this album isn't. This album is more pop in the in line with something like. 60s pop like it's 60s pop rock but it is a little trippy it's a little psychedelic uh there's going to be some stuff going on that's that meanders this song is a straight up single right yeah so this is off yoshimi battles the robots which the pink robots pink robots sorry i guess I, i think the story was they were on tour for um the soft bulletin and they they went to japan and um he was being shown around town, which is what happens a lot of times with different labels or whatever the situation right. was. Right, they want to they treat you. Yeah, so the girl from the Boredoms, the drummer from the Boredoms, I think she's the drummer, she um, she picked him up and her sister had just died. And she was kind of sad about it and talked to him about it. And it just sort of like gave him this idea of making an album about, um, about death. and so, Like there's a song called Summertime that I think is definitely about that. Uh, which I w- almost chose, but I just was like, we're, we're going to keep this on the positive tip. That's right. Yeah. On the PT. Do you realize, even though it's talking about dying, it's still positive. Oh, I know this song. Yeah, I know you know it. Everybody does, Cody. All right. So earlier, uh, earlier we, we talked about uh, the Libertines and uh, a couple episodes ago, we t- or in our, in our spinoff, uh, our, that episode we did with the uh, spinoff band, not spinoff bands. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. What was that? Yeah, because I did uh, Pete Doherty's band. Yeah, we did Baby Shambles. Yeah, Baby Shambles. What was the name of that? Po- what's what am I talking? Side yeah. projects. Oh yeah, that's right. Side projects. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. So which is a great. That's a great side project. Yeah. So we talked about Baby Shambles, which he basically had to do because he was too much of a wreck to be in Liberty. Yeah, they didn't anymore. want him in there. They didn't want him around. But uh, their debut album, Up the Bracket, came out in 2002, and to me, it just like grabbed hold of me because it was. Again, right after the Strokes, right when I was getting into this, yeah, uh, this kind of new wave of garage post punk kind of rock, so much fun, and I love this album. Yeah. And this is one of those albums where I think I just saw someone post. I mean, at this point, it might have been like MySpace or something. Someone talked about this album, and I checked it out, and 
this album is amazing. The whole album's great. I love this album so much. I chose Vertigo. It's one of my favorite songs on the album, but it's not like a, a single or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Pitchfork placed up the bracket at number 138 of their top 200 albums of the 2000s. Wow. NME placed the album 10th in a list of the greatest British albums ever. Dang. As well as calling it the second those, greatest greatest those, album of the decade. Those Brits, man, they get really, really praise. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. they'll like give praise out in, in ways that like I'm not sure that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it, you know, but what the heck? Yeah, tenth of the greatest British albums ever. What? Didn't the Beatles make like eight albums? Enemy <laughs> uh, placed the album number seventy on its list of fifty greatest albums of all time. Wait a minute, seventy on a list of the fiftieth? Oh, sorry, five hundred. <laughs> like, oh, that they didn't make the list is what they're saying. Seventy okay. on its list of the five hundred greatest okay, albums okay. of all time. All right. I will say this is this and one of my other choices on this on on this episode are two of my favorite debut albums of all time like for me like the the first alaska album i think Ooh, is damn near flawless perfect um never mind the bollocks by the sex pistols is an almost flawless album yeah pretty great um and this is a debut album this is amazing and it just makes me think like what had he not been such a handful yeah well you like, know what would, would they have gotten bigger because i think they were halted in how big they could have gotten in oh, the states oh for sure because of him yeah i can't swear right but i i think that uh but he's I, oh he's the dude earlier sorry Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. He's the dude earlier when I mentioned he's probably 58 or 59. Oh, yeah. He looks, he like, looks like he's like 70. He's a train wreck. Yeah. And but, now that he's sober, he's even like he's he, he's like just ballooned up and just looks like sweaty, like a sweaty mess. Like, yeah, it's hard. Like, looks like me, but Life I wasn't in a band. Yeah, you're not in a band. You don't right. have to look good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I, I do like that. <laughs> you look great, though. Um, I, I just think that I like the Libertines, but I, do prefer Baby Shambles. Uh, I think that Libertines had that sort of like strident rock and roll, sort of super tight. And I do prefer his like sort of shambolic mess music that he was making with those guys. But but I definitely, I'm, I'm with you. I think the Libertines were exciting and fun. And Yeah, I don't think I, I gave Baby Shambles much of a... Yeah, much of a much of a deep dive. It's it's probably because it came out while I was in Shanghai and uh, I was listening to so much music. I don't know when it came out, 06, 07, 08, but I, for some reason, was able to give that a lot of time. And man, I just, I really love that album. You know, I think, I think that guy is very underrated. Uh, yeah. But, or overrated. I don't know. Like, it could be, <laughs> it could be that I just like, oh, this is good, but I imagine how good it would be if he wasn't a complete mess. I, mean, right. I don't know if he's one of those people. Yeah, he's back. Uh sober and they're tour- they're getting ready to play some tour dates in the UK as the Libertines okay. so uh, I, the best for Pete Doherty because I think he's one of those guys who I think squandered 20 years of uh, what could have been amazing creativity yeah he had that he was one of those guys that just like um, just mumbled something and you're like oh that's catchy man. right yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's great yeah. he oozes charm at least in music absolutely I wouldn't want to live with him though no this is uh, Vertigo by the Libertines Yeah, something that I just, while we're listening to that off air, something that reminds me, he uses his voice, because you were talking about how his voice is so different kind of than the music a little bit. Yeah. He almost uses his voice as like another instrument. Oh, for sure. He weaves it in and out, and it's not straightforward. He's not just like singing his lyrics like he's yeah. he's melding them with the music and yeah. sometimes in uh in contrast to the music yeah yeah it feels it feels like he's improvising it's not like a straight up pop delivery right for sure yeah, yeah. like every every song on this album feels like it probably might have been recorded live or 
feels it has that live feel to it. Doesn't yeah. seem overproduced. Totally. But the music is clean and tight. Yeah. For yeah, it's very tight. Yeah. Very streamlined. Yeah. I love that album. Okay, so uh, do you have? So now we're on to two thousand. Oh no, I have another two thousand two. Okay, can, cool. we, can, can we just do yeah, that? Yeah, do that. Do that. All right, and then when we get later, it'll be Bill Heavy towards the end. So this is kind of a personal. Like I said, I wasn't seeking out new music, but in two thousand two, um, the Breeders released their follow up to Last Splash. So nine years after Last Splash came yeah. out, the Breeders released uh, Title TK. And okay, one of the yeah, reasons, I don't know this album that well. Yeah, one of the reasons it took so long was that apparently Kim was a, a nightmare to work with. Like, three engineers quit, two producers quit. Is like, she a perfectionist? Yeah, like two drummers quit. And at one point, she was getting mad at the drummer, and the engineer told her, or the producer, said, why don't you just do the drums then? And so she went back to Dayton, Ohio, and practiced drums for like six months, and then came back and recorded the drum section oh my gosh. for this album. So, cool, that's awesome. Um, but I also think she was in the throes of... Her addiction. her addiction at this point as yeah, well. Yeah. So probably manic a little bit of what was going on. But anyways, so it took a long time. And this album only has Kim and Kelly with with, with the uh, rhythm section from the the Feelies. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So, oh, wow. So the, the rhythm section from the Feelies, I, I think, is, is, the, is, the, is the rest of the band for wow. this album. Oh, wow. It's just, it, it, the album didn't sell well. A lot of people were expecting something similar to Last Splash. Yeah, of course. And this album is way more like Pod. Okay. Which wasn't popular, right? Um, and they kind of tend to do that, like release like a slower melodic kind of. Uh, I don't. I don't think Kim wants to make pop music. Kim wants right. to make like ethereal kind of '70s kind of music, and and so I like this album, but I don't. It, it's not as immediately catchy to me as like Last Splash or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I don't. I don't even know if I know one song now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, so I played. Uh, I did play a track when we did our. The Boston episode? Yeah, maybe that, or when we did our uh, side projects episode. Oh, okay. With the amps, maybe. Oh, no, I know. I played a Kelly Deal song on that. So, again, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. rambling. I have played a song off this album before. Okay. Um, uh, it might have been the amps version. I can't remember. Cause, cause so, the two, amps did the same two, thing? They, they, re, they, they released an amps song on this album. They re recorded an amps song for this album. Oh, okay. So, one of them had already been pre- previously released. Okay, as the I amps. remember that amps album. I love yeah. it. Um, so anyways, the song I chose is Son of Three, which I like it on the album, and it's kind of just like a plodding kind of rock song, mm-hmm. but when they did it for a single, they re-recorded it and made it faster and a little heavier than the album version, Okay. and the single was only for the UK market. It was like requested for the UK market. Uh, so anyways, this is, it's just, uh, I'm, I was gonna, I was predetermined to love the, uh, anything by the Breeders at this point, because it, it had been so long That's how you roll. since new Kim Deal music came out. Yeah. Um, and I love this song. So this is the single version of Son of Three by the Breeders off their 2002 album, Title TK, which a lot of Breeders fans think is their best album. All right. So now we're moving on to 2003. But I, I like what you said. That sounded like a, like a, like a punky girls band from the 60s or 70s. Yeah, totally. It could have been like the Ronettes if they yeah. just like, or I could picture Amy Winehouse being in a band yeah. like that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, so 2003 was was weird. Like it, when I started compiling this list, I had so many songs from 2003. So I don't know what that was. Super weird. I had another kid in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Super weird. Yeah, this was. I was gonna do my morning jacket, but I I didn't. I because I really have always wanted to do something like to support this band in any way, and I don't know why. Uh, but it's um. It's that band, The New Pornographers. Did you ever check them out? I've heard of them, but I've never consciously listened to anything. Okay, they're great. Like, I use that phrase a lot because you know, I do listen to alternative radio when it's available. Yeah. And so 
I could have I could know songs that I don't know that I know. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if they made it on the radio because I don't. I, ne- I wasn't listening to the radio at this time. I checked them out because Nico Case was in this band. It was like the Canadian supergroup, but now they're still a band, and Carl Newman is the main guy, and he's, they still make stuff. But Nico Case was in this band, and I was a big Nico Case person around this era. And this album, it's it's the electric version, came out in 2003. It's just one great jam after another, and it's like very poppy and fun. I, I you can feel like. Uh, Supergrass, kind of. It kind of reminds me of Supergrass in, in that realm. It's like perfect pop songs. This is called The Laws Have Changed. And it's, uh, I, I had to leave it on here because when I listened to it again, I was like, oh, that song's just as good as I remember. It's it's an amazing tune. You're going to love it. I think, love I'm, it I'm excited about it because, again, I've heard of them and people that I hold in high regard hold them in high regard. Yeah, they're one of those bands. Yeah. But I'm not a huge fan. But I, I really was into them at, for this album. I listened to it a lot. Right. And for some reason, I, I, I've kind of fallen off. But I still follow what they do. I check them out. Right. But, uh, but yeah, this one, I, I know you're going to love it. All right. The Laws Have Changed by The New Pornographers. Yeah, that's right up my alley. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I got a little uh, off her voice. I got a little bit of like Julian Hatfield in there. And- oh, yeah. Just some fun kind of pop punk. Yeah. And, you know, she was more in, of a country singer at that time. Like, they were considering her, like, the next Patsy Cline. Oh, really? When this came out. Oh, oh yeah. I feel like I need to check out Nico Case. Oh, Cody, you'll love her. I bet. Yeah, yeah. She We, we saw her at, at uh, uh, when she recorded one of her albums, she used the guys from Colexco. So Colexco came out and played, and they were amazing. And it was early in their career. And then uh, then they were done, but they stayed on stage because they were just her band. So it was Nico Case and her boyfriends. Yeah. And uh, I think every guy was in love. She was just like, you're not, she, her voice is so powerful. Like, right. she doesn't need a microphone. And she's just got this sort of like persona that is right. larger than life. And and it's so fun to hear her in a pop setting, you know, so it's cool. Yeah, that just reminded me when you, when you mentioned the band stayed on. So when I mentioned that uh, at the beginning of the show, when, or what was that last episode? When I talked, uh, last episode, I talked about Belly opening up for the Breeders. Mm-hmm. And Tanya Donnelly was in The Breeder. She was on the first oh, that's album. that's right. I forgot about that. And so for the encore, Tanya Donnelly came back out and they did two two songs off a of pod. And Tanya Donnelly sang on one of them. And it was the cover of uh, Happiness is a Warm Gun, the Beatles cover. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, it was it's just, I love when that kind of happens. Like when Me you, too. Because you know it's going to happen, right? Like if the <laughs> opening band has a member that coexists, you're like, yeah. you're excited because it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like Nico Case is someone I can get into because we both know I love like female singers you do. I love yeah, yeah. I love the voice I love the energy I like the sass yeah you know like because I don't think they're gonna like me but yeah. I like them so maybe yeah. that's why I like them more well I remember uh, I went we saw her and uh, she was standing by the merch table I bought I bought the CD and I was like hey could could you sign my CD and she's like that's why I'm standing here with the marker <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool like okay asshole yeah no uh, no she was sweeter than that I didn't feel bad about it. No, you shouldn't. I didn't. Uh, good. I don't. All right, so 2004, I think, is the next year. Okay. Does that sound right? Is that how it goes after yeah, 2003? Do you, have a, do you have a song for 2004? I do, and it's my, it's my last track. But uh, So the first three bands that came to mind when this episode was coming up mm-hmm. was White Stripes, The Strokes. Oh, sorry, Libertines, The Strokes, for me, and Franz Ferdinand. Oh, yeah. The first Franz Ferdinand album. Fun. I 
have distinctly remember playing that a shit ton in that so, Honda Odyssey. So fun. The, the danceable groove oh. going through that, because it's like that garage rock, but it's dancing. Super dancey, yeah. super clubby. And, uh, you know, leading up to recording this episode, I listened to all three of those albums in full. Oh, that's the only album I've ever listened to them. No, I'm, no I mean the, Libertine, oh, 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 the Libertine's sorry, debut, sorry. White oh, okay, Stri- okay, okay. Uh, uh, Strokes debut, Libertine's debut, okay. and Franz Ferdinand debut okay. albums. I think the Franz Ferdinand self-titled album is the best of the three. Oh, really? I think okay. it is just a stone-cold classic. I think it's 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 absolutely amazing. It won the 2004 Mercury Music Prize, which yeah. means it was the best British album of that year. It was a great album. Pitchfork, you know, British, British, they like to put things up there. Yeah. Uh, put it at 101 on their list of 200 albums of the 2000s. Wow, okay. Um, and yeah, in my, in my opinion, way. it's better than Is This It or uh, Up the Bracket. Okay. Or This Is It, whatever the name of that yeah. Strokes album is. I've already forgotten it because I'm so obsessed with Franz Ferdinand right I, I'm now. A, I can tell. You're like feeling it. I, I, I love it too. Like I really... Uh, I can get into that. Yeah. You know, the sort of like the, even the guitar playing is a little bit different. It's clean sort of, but in funky. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I don't love funky music, but this is about as funky as I like to get. But oh. you you have a good point. This is very danceable. Oh, album. Yeah. oh yeah. But it, it, but it's still like chunky and like fits my wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, and the lyrics are so cheeky. Yeah. So I chose Michael, which is about he just wants Michael to come and dance with him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this song. Yeah. It's been a long time since yeah. I've listened to this album. I only I, can I take me out as the song that comes to mind. Right, and I, I think that's actually one of the not weaker songs, but it's just like a basic song to me. But the, I mean, this or I mean, it's a it's a good song and a good album. Right, but there's better songs on that album. I think I love this song, and I mean, this is when I when I was playing this front to back. A couple days ago, I was like, oh, man, I remember this song. Like, wow, I'm excited to hear it again because I, haven't, is, I probably is, haven't heard it This since is it my favorite out. song off the five I chose. This is my favorite song. Awesome. So from 2004, off their self-titled album, this is Michael by Franz Ferdinand. So as I was looking into your eyes while that song was playing, yeah. my, I'd never put this together before, but he's got a very Jarvis Cocker thing going on. Completely. With his swagger and his like performance style. Yeah, he's uh, definitely piling it on there. Yeah. It's very romantic. I love it. Yeah, over the heavy beat. Oozing. Yeah. Oozing sexy. The snaky guitar. Oozing. Wait. You so, were like headbanging right there, kind of. I love that song so much. I could tell. I, that's the most enthusiastic I've ever seen you we're also, uh, on, the, on our podcast. We're also getting towards the end of the episode, so I've had... You've had a couple drinks. A little few. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of, I think we should have we should have one more beer before. For sure. Before we get to because uh, oh, I've got two more songs, so I can. I don't, I, there's no rush. Well, you, you go ahead and talk, and I'll, I, can, I can get one for you out of the oh, cooler. All right. Yeah. Oh, another thing, when I was hanging out with our friend Danny, yeah. who's, a, who's a devoted listener, yeah. he said I can picture you guys sitting across from each other, and you just have a cooler full of beer. And I said that's exactly that's how what it, it looks is. like. <laughs> that's pretty much how this rolls. Yeah. All right. So you Wait. have you still have a 2004 song to play? I for do. Us. I have a 2004 and a 2005. I, I hope your 2004 can compete with my 2004. Uh, it's a very different ball game here. Oh, okay. This is here. We go. Here's where the rails. Here's where the train starts to teeter. <laughs> well, I I love this song. Uh, this is one where Krista and I discovered this guy together. We had gone to see um, Jets to Brazil, uh, which was more of like it was Jawbreakers, um, the guy from Jawbreakers band after Jawbreaker. And we were at the the Nitas, and John Vanderslice opened. 
So I didn't know who John Vanderslice was. And in fact, when he started performing, just by the way he looked, I assumed he was a local kid. He was like very, like, it was like he didn't put a whole lot of effort into to like looking like Look, a rock guy. like or, he grew up in Mesa? He totally looked like he grew up in Mesa. Like he had like bleach blonde hair. Uh, uh, he had on like, you know, dungarees or something. I don't know. I was like, oh, it's a local kid. And I'm like, oh, he's good though. He's really good. So I went to Stinkweeds and I bought... Um, this album called Cellar Door, which I like that. It reminded me of like Donnie Darko or whatever. And I was like, okay. And the guy's totally like into movies. A lot of, there's a few songs on here that like reference David Lynch films and stuff. But uh, I was instantly hooked. I'm like, oh, I like this guy. His his style of songwriting is kind of cinematic. Uh, he he kind of like encapsulates an idea. It's uh, It's not rock and roll. It's more like a sort of orchestrated rock kind of it, it feels cinematic to me his stuff now has gotten a little bit more strange lately he's kind of doing some more electronic stuff but at this era this album and the and maybe the next four albums after this i, I feel like he was just increasing in in abilities I, I was just loving every single thing but this was the first song where i was like oh this is a special dude it's called up above the sea it also encapsulates the 90s this was like probably right probably written in the run-up to the iraq war and there's that sort of like feeling of paranoia and gun culture and uh, and being so wound up. This is how I interpret the song. It could be completely off, but so wound up that you're not sure of what's going on around you. And you're aware that your perspective could be off, but you're not going to take a chance. That's the sort of like... Uh, psychosis of this song. And it's also kind of beautiful. So I, I, I think it's a good little story song that... I think if you like this one, you should check out John Vanderslice, Cody. You could, you might not like it though. I'm starting to get the feeling just by the way I described it. Was I rambling? You're starting. No, to, I, I you're starting a, to look super skeptical. No, 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 I have, I have a, I have something to say, but I want to confer with you, off mic. So you're gonna play the song for me. Okay. I'm gonna say something to you, and then find out if it's you or someone else that I'm thinking of. Okay. Because the problem is, you're always on my mind. <laughs> So he does a lot of uh, like storytelling songs. Yeah, they're like storytelling songs yeah. for sure. My wife used to have a friend when she was in law school who used to sing at like cafes and coffee shops. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I vaguely remember us having to track down like a magazine. It was old at this point, like, you know, way after the fact that had one of those floppy vinyl, you know, yeah. where you punch out the vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those little yeah, like, and it plastic was, records. It was a little seven inch plastic vinyl record. And I think the A side was a John Vanderslice song, and the B side was her friend, this guy that she knew from law school. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I could be completely full of shit, and she'll let me know. Yeah. If she, but she, the thing is, she won't make it this far because we put this, we put the podcast on when we're laying down, uh -huh. and so she never, she's never heard the end of a podcast. <laughs> well, so I'll have to ask her, and then put it in my notes. To talk about it next time. Yeah. If you ever want to see John Vanderslice, he goes on tour, but he only tours people's living rooms. So, like, he'll go and do a tour. Like, I think he did some sort of, like, it was a small stage, like a children's theater. I'm not sure. Last time I saw him, it was just this little tiny venue. And it's, like, 20 bucks, and he just does an acoustic show. And uh, it's great. But it, it's, I, I remember thinking, this guy's going to be huge. I, I had that feeling. Like, we were, we were like, this guy has just got everything. He's, like, a charming guy. And when you see him live, you're like, oh, he's so cool. And then he, it just didn't happen. But he, he produces records. He produced a Sleater Kenny album. He produced uh, one of the big Death Cab for Cutie albums. 
All right, Bill. So I have a couple songs off my short list. And like I said, I wasn't listening to a lot of stuff back then. So it's a short, short list. Very short list. Uh, Weezer released The Green Album, which was their follow-up to Pinkerton. What was the what was the song off that? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I'm, Island, not a, I'm not Island, a Weezer guy. Island anymore. in the Sun oh, okay. was on that. Uh, but I, I really like a song called Knockout, uh, Knockdown Dragout on that album. Okay. Um, it's it's about like fighting with your, your partner or whatever. Which and just, is probably something you were doing, having some kids this time. You're probably like, this is like a touching yeah. the bone. <laughs> yeah this was like a precursor to my divorce like this track but i just because because uh because jen was a big my wife at the time was a big weezer fan oh she was huge i remember and, and also came out, also we love we love pinkerton so yeah. and i i mean i love so i love the first three weezer albums i love mm-hmm. this one i love pinkerton i love the blue album um so we listened to a lot of this and then also uh whatever modest mouse album was big at that time oh, that yeah, they had yeah. the big hit off Oh yeah, uh, the ran into a cop car today. Oh, I can't believe I didn't put that on there. Yeah, yeah that was that that album holds up. Right, I still love that album. Yeah, uh, and and so I listened to that a lot again because Jen was a big fan of that. But when I was talking to yeah. uh, my current wife, which forever wife is how I like to talk yeah. about her, um, she listened to this album a lot. Like she was, they were listening to a lot of Modest Mouse. Yeah, uh, at this time. Yeah, it, this was a breath of fresh air. That Modest Mouse. What what is the name of that album? I don't know. It had Jeez. the saddle, kind of not a satellite, but it had like a weird it didn't cover. Have arrows or something. Yeah, like arrows. Yeah, it, it had float on. Yeah, and it had a uh, Bukowski and. Oh man, that album is so great. Right, it's so good. And then Johnny Marr joined on the next album, so yeah. he became their guitar player. Oh yeah, that when that one, I, the first time I heard "Float on, Float on," I thought it was the Talking Heads. I was like, "Whoa, they're playing the Talking Heads on the radio?" Because it was on the radio, even. Well, I mean, it was a big hit. It was a huge it hit. It was. It right. was. And yeah, that that album is just killer. Yeah, it's a top to bottom classic. All right, what's I didn't on? even I didn't even choose one song from there. <laughs> I totally know. forgot about it. I, I actually thought you might. So I uh, thought I would have. I should have. I saw them like twice on that tour. What? What are you? Well, you're not going to replace anything on your list with this? No, no. So here, here's what I got. So I'm just going to go down. So I've got. Um, I've been. Writing with a Ghost by Songs Ohio, like that Janet mentioned. Okay. That's one of my all-time favorite songs. It's so haunting and beautiful. Um, the Well by Smog, the Bill Callahan song. It's one of the best story songs ever. I, I could listen to that. I could listen to it five times in a row, and every time I'm just like taken in by it. I just love that song. Um, Vanessa from Queens by um, Steve Malkamus and the Jicks. Did you ever guy, listen to that The guy from dude? Primus? No, he was in uh, Pavement. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, no, no. so... The, it, that song always reminds me of my friend Alex from Shanghai. Uh, there's something about that song. Right. Uh, I don't think he ever listened to it. Calexico, but I thought we were doing an Arizona episode, so I threw Calexico off. Right. New Slang. Yeah, there, there's something I didn't put on this. Mm-hmm. A big album for me that yeah. I didn't put on this because I know we're going to do an Arizona album. Yeah. So yeah, there's or an Arizona one. episode, yeah. New Slang by The Shins. That's yeah, huge for me. a good me. one. Yeah, I, I, I thought it. about it. Pedro the Lion. I was really into those dudes yep. in the early 2000s. Uh, so I had Rapture. Super Drag. I was majorly into super drag. So there was a song called Ambulance Driver that was way up at the top for a really long time, but I just ended up not using that. But I love those guys. My Morning Jacket, uh, uh, Golden, or One Big Holiday, and then I ended up choosing neither one. Polyphonic Spree. Right. Um, Method Acting by Bright Eyes. Yeah, I never, I don't think I've ever, I mean, I've heard it, but I don't know it. I was so all in on Bright Eyes. It was weird. Like, I'm kind of like, when I think back, I'm like, why was I so excited about Bright Eyes? But I was. I was like, I was like a fanboy. The only reason I even know Bright Eyes is because you guys wouldn't sh- stop talking about him. I yeah, Mike and I went to go see him at Modified one time, and we were like, "That's the dude." And then we were like, "Then his albums came out, and we're like, it's awesome." Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I, I still really like those records, but um, the anniversary. They had a song called "Sweet Marie." That was a big deal. I've listened to that a lot of times. Bob Dylan's album came out uh, right on September 11th. 
Uh, and I got it on September 11th because someone gave it to me as a birthday present. Because uh, my birthday was the week before. So it came out on a Tuesday. It was when, before records come out on Friday now, but back then it was on Tuesdays. So I got the record, and um, that's the only album we played for like a month. Uh, and I think it really fit with that era when right after the World Trade Center fell, we were like, this is nice. Right. Remember Block Party? Yeah. Okay, so Helicopter by Block Party. And it's funny because I got that album, got super into it, and I gave that album to Kylie as a birthday present when she was like six. <laughs> it's got a like a, a warning on it. Please don't. Uh, Broken Social Scene, I also had that. A song called Swimmers and uh, Strokes, Take It or Leave It. But there's a lot. Did I just go on for way too long? No one's going to want to hear any of that, right? I, I see you looking at me. No, it's December now. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my list on to one of our uh, deals, and it'll just be my extended list. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it'll have your songs plus the extended list. Right. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. But I will say, this is probably the best mix I've made in like a year. I'm excited about this episode. Me too. This is great. This is great stuff. Yeah, every song is yeah outstanding. I didn't roll my eyes at you once. Not not until just now when I talked for about four minutes about the songs I didn't include. No, that's gas. And we have so you have one more song. I have one more song, and it is a, I love it. Uh, I'm so excited to go out on 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 this song that uh, I don't know what it is yet. I feel like you told me, but that was I didn't. That was a while ago. I didn't. Tell okay, you. I don't think. Uh, maybe so, I did. But I mean, people can email us right at oytgpod at gmail They can let us know what they think yeah. about it. Suggest uh, episodes, right? Uh, topics, I guess, and uh, they can follow us on Instagram oytgpod at gmail or oytgpod on Instagram. Yep, that's where I'll, I'll post some of these. Uh, you know, try to get some user f- listener feedback. I'll post it on our Instagram, and uh, yeah, to let us know what you think about the the podcast. The best thing you can do is if you do like the podcast, is you make a you listener make a social media post about it and tell your friends and your family, even your moms or dads, they might like it. You know, I think the only I think um, the first time that ever happened was um, Doctor Avery uh, was really excited that you played the Tiffany song. And she like she's like, oh, you guys got to check this out. This podcast played Tiffany. Remember that? Yeah. So that that's really cool when that happens. I don't know. I don't know if it uh, meant anything to anybody else, but I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank you. So yeah, I, I mean, if we the podcast is free. It doesn't cost you anything as a listener. I mean, you're paying for Spotify Premium, supposedly. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe you're bootlegging it. Could be uh, hacking in. Yeah. 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 Maybe you're maybe you're like uh, yeah, and Cody's. Cody's plan. Yeah, maybe you're like Zero Ice or whatever the hacker name was from the movie Hackers. Zero Cool. <laughs> maybe you're like Zero Cool and you crashed 2,000 systems when you were 10 years old. But most, more than likely, the podcast is free for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just make up, tell your friends about it. Yeah. That's how we grow this. Yeah, that'd be neat. Someone who's not me because I'm not, I don't vandalize things. Mm-hmm. Someone slapping some stickers in some bar bathrooms. I saw that. There were some bathroom stickers. Like Yeah, some taggings going around. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I hope that uh, whoever it is gives me a couple of those because I would love to <laughs> tag my house. Whoever that is is a freedom fighter. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are a uh, libertine. That's right. Yeah, they're absolutely out there. Nice yeah. callback. <laughs> so my song, yes, uh, is from my absolute favorite Supergrass album, 2005 Road, Road to, to Ruin. Ruin. I love it. I, Ru- I, Ruin spelled like the city, not the. Yeah, so it's it, it is a uh, it's a reference to the Ramones Road to Ruin. Which is the regular ruin? It's play on words. That's right. And uh, this one, this one came out, and I always love Supergrass. I love them, but I usually like them for two or three songs, and then I'm ready to go on the next thing. I could listen to this album start to finish 
repeatedly. Well, this album starts to get a little more melodic and kind of complete. It's not just a bunch of bangers. It's kind of a complete there's there's journey. like yeah there's like shorter songs like sort of like just like fun little romps that they right. go on uh the song i was gonna play is the the opening track and that's my f- absolute favorite but it's too long and i thought well you know i'll, I'll go with a more of a pop song so I, I actually chose road to ruin and um dang i'm so happy that you're playing a super grassy <laughs> Yeah, and this is a good one to go out on. It's so good. It and, and, and it's similar to the Libertines in that his vocal deliveries are uh he, he slithers around it a little bit, but the music is really, really incredibly tight. It's like almost in the realm of Steely Dan. And the, these guys are now at the top of their game uh as as, as players. Musicians, yeah, right? they're really, really good. They're really tight. And they're going for things and achieving those things, and and the only thing that isn't like exactly precision based is is his vocal delivery. So it's super fun. Right, it works. It's so good, Cody. You know what this is perfect for, Codes? Next time you get some Epsom salt and you take a bath and you've got your wine and your Kindle, throw on Road to Ruin. You're you gonna it. you're gonna be so happy. 